Hello and welcome to the one and only podcast you need in your life for keeping up with the latest and greatest at Elmwood Park. This is Parkside Chat, where you get the 411 on District 401. I'm your host, Aaron Selmer, and for this third episode, I have the privilege of introducing Dr. Kim Ontiveros, our Director for Curriculum and Instruction, and Dominique Burns, our District Language Coach. So today is the day after Labor Day, and the highest 62. Maybe the unofficial end of summer is actually the official end of summer. So I wanted to ask you two, what are some things you're looking forward to as we head into this fall season? Well, my favorite activities during the fall is apple picking. Um, I love when Starbucks introduces their fall drinks. And sitting in the backyard with fire pits is amazing fall. So are you a sucker for the pumpkin spice latte? I am. Mm. Very much so. I can't wait till it comes out. Okay. Uh, as for me, one word, sweaters. I bring on those sweaters. Mm. And it leads right into the ugly Christmas sweaters then. You I'm just all have all it. season. Yeah. I'm all about yeah. it. Don't tell my mom. Every year I wear one of her uh, memorable ones from the 90s. So Very bring nice. it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I want to thank you two for both being on with me today. Um, as always, I'd love to get a little background on you two professionally. What's been your journey here? What do you currently do for the district? And I thought maybe we could start with you, Dr. Ontiveros. Sure. Thank you so much. Um, I've been in education for 22 years. Um, don't try to calculate my age. Uh, 16 years of that I spent in administration. Um, 13 years as a building principal. Um, and the last three have been at district level. So currently I am serving as the director of curriculum and instruction. And I am really lucky and grateful to be here. Thank you. We're glad you're here too. Thanks. How about you, Dom? Well, I'm really very proud to say that my entire educational career has been here in Elmwood Park. Um, the past 15 years, I've been uh, in the classroom teaching fifth and sixth grade, and I've also been an EL resource teacher. However, starting this year, I'm the new district's language coach, so I'll be working with all grades and all schools across the district, supporting teachers to plan, uh, implement lessons to meet the needs of our English learners. Mm. So you said 15 years? Mm -hmm. So how was how was that transition this summer knowing you didn't have to prep a classroom? <laughs> Very strange. I mean, that's just been a part of my routine. You know, once the 4th of July is over, all those classroom thoughts start go coming into my head. So to not have to do that was really bizarre. But, uh, you know, I'm here for it. I'm ready to start this new role. I'm really excited. Sure. And obviously with COVID, you had new challenges <laughs> instead of just planning a classroom. You said it. But anyway, we'll get back to that in a little bit. So I wanted to talk about um, EL, so the letters E and L. Uh, first off, for our listeners who have no idea what that means, could you give us a little overview of what it is and what does it look like in our district then? Absolutely. So I'll take that question. So EL actually stands for English Learners, and that's any student in pre-K to 12 whose home language background is a language other than English and whose proficiency in speaking, reading, writing, or understanding English is not yet proficient. Um, and once we identify those students, we can provide them with many, many things. Um, the ability to be successful and achieve in classrooms where the language of instruction is in English and opportunities to participate fully in the school setting. So our services vary from preschool all the way to the high school. Um, we have self-contained bilingual Spanish classes in preschool and in first grade and in second grade. 
And uh, this year we're thrilled to have dual language kindergarten program. Um, dual language emphasizes the maintenance of the Spanish language as well as instruction in English. So this program will continue to be rolled out in the years to come and even reaching to the high school. Uh, in all our grades, we have a co-taught model of instruction where the general education teacher teaches in partnership with an EL teacher, um, and that just provides such a strong partnership of strategies. Uh, and really excited to say throughout the district, we have 53 staff members that have completed extra coursework to be endorsed in English language instruction. So to say we have a lot of experts is an understatement. Yeah, that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Do you have any idea how many students take advantage of the EL program at the district? It's a, a little less than 20% of our entire population in the district. Uh, as far as an exact number, I could get back to you on that, <laughs> but just to say that it's a, it's a little less than 20%. Okay, so we're looking somewhere under 600, but that could still be a huge amount of students then mm -hmm. that are serviced by REL. Yeah. That's awesome. So obviously... I'm 15 years in the district, you know, been doing this a while, but now as you step up and Dr. Antiveros, you too, how do you think COVID has changed the district's approach to EL? That's a great question. Um, when we were planning for ELs, one of the things that the Illinois State Board of Education said is that screenings for new students um, needed to be done in person. And so while we were thinking through that, um, we've implemented various precautions to ensure the safety of students, families, and staff while we are conducting these screenings. Um, these include safety stations at each entry at um, all of all four buildings, temperature checks for um, the families that are coming in to have their student tested. We have clear masks for the students and the staff, so it is a safe environment when they are doing the tests. We have plexiglass shields for kindergarten and first grade screeners so that the kids feel safe and the staff members feel safe. We were trying to limit the amount of students for testing in one space. So for example, if we are using Elm Middle School and we're using the um, library, we make sure that we have six feet apart, that we can space children and have no more to four or five testing at one time. Uh, we make sure that cleaning takes place um, in between each session and make sure that the spacing between sessions gives us enough time to prepare the next materials, make sure the environment is safe for students. So thinking through all that, if we were in person, um, kids would still go through a screening process, but when you are fully remote and you have to um, consider COVID and strategies, we had to think about how we could keep kids safe. So I think that was um, the largest change in um, how we addressed the screenings during COVID. Sounds like you have all your bases covered there with the plexiglass and the masks and all those other things. For those of you who which is probably most of you who haven't been in our buildings. We've done some really cool things with hanging plexiglass from our ceilings in areas that might be high traffic or for people who have open office type spaces. It's really impressive to see how the, the buildings have adapted to COVID and, and safety. So, so we just kind of talked about how COVID has changed our approach to EL students and assessments, but what do you think, I guess spinning it on its positive side, what opportunities does COVID present with regards to EL in our district? The communication blocks that are built into the end of every day gives teachers and uh, their co-teachers the opportunity to check in with students and their understanding of the lessons today. 
it's also time for possible reteaching or pre-teaching the upcoming lessons. Uh, this usually is not typical in an in-person day where uh, everyone shares the same amount of time at the end of each day. Uh, I also think that now that students are all remote, it allows for our families to get a glimpse of how our services are offered. Um, I didn't mention before, but I'm also an Elma Park resident, so um, I talk a lot with my neighbors who have children in the district, and they are just blown away after such a short amount of time about how hard our teachers are working to best meet the needs of our students. Um, teachers are working so hard to make this content accessible, and uh, our students, they deserve a round of applause too because they're being so brave, they're taking risks every day, which is a credit to their perseverance and their determination. So just to circle back around on something you said, Dom, it, it seems like the students actually get a little more time or a little bit more um, practice. It's that, that time at the end of the day allows them to, you know, circle back to what they learned throughout the day. And, and if they do have some questions, they're able to jump right back on with their teacher or teachers. And it just gives them another opportunity to ask questions. And it's, it's really been a positive experience from what I'm hearing from our teachers. Mm. And you bring up a good point, too. It's not just EL students that can take advantage of that, right? Oh, totally. It's anyone and everyone. So it's a really nice part of the schedule. So students have time to process. And if they have any extra questions or any extra help they need, they have the end of the day to circle back around with the teachers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's absolutely. some awesome supports that we have there. Okay, Dr. Ontiveros, moving the spotlight to you. As director for curriculum and instruction, what are some particular challenges that you think COVID presents or presented to the district as a whole and how the district was able to address the challenges and move forward in this time? So that's a really great question. Um, before I answer that question, I do want to say, especially being new, um, that I believe Elmwood Park has done a great job with laying out days, hours, student schedules, and what learning will look like throughout the day, and then communicating that out to community, to parents, to families, to staff. Um, I think it's really important. We've been hosting a lot of things and posting a lot on the website. We have a tech site for parents. We've hosted some parent universities for some training protocols on platforms and accessing tools um, to help support students and families through this unique time. And when I say unique time, I say that um, wholeheartedly because in the spring, it did not look the same as it looks now. Now we are doing um, direct live teaching with students. Um, we are offering them time to do things individually. Um, as we go through this process together, it is new for everybody, all schools, all teachers, all staff. So it's not unique to us. But when you try anything new, there's always issues and problems that come up. There is nothing that's going to be perfect or problem solving. So what we try to do is meet consistently um, with staff, um, make sure that we're communicating with families to say, if something is going on, please let us know right away so that we can provide you with the supports and resources you need. So I think as we continue to go through this journey together, um, things will get even better each day as we learn from our mistakes and learn um, to address the problems or concerns that do come up. So um, I think we have a great team to do that, and uh, we appreciate the you know support of the families who let us know that something is going on so we can help resolve those quickly. I think you hit on some points there that uh, in some of our previous podcasts we've also talked about, such as flexibility in the district. If you had a crystal ball in front of you, what do you think some 
indelible changes that have been made on education that we're going to bring forward eventually when we're back in person from this whole pandemic. So I love the whole crystal ball <laughs> seen in the future. Oh, so um, we actually have like a magic eight ball, you know? Absolutely. But then that would require me to shake it. And I may not like the answer that comes That's up. Right. So um, I think uh, you and I had this conversation and the one benefit, um, the one really, really positive thing that I see right now is the engagement and interaction with technology. Mm. Um, I don't think that in, you know, in all schools or some schools, we didn't use platforms and technology incorporated into the educational process as well as we're doing it now. Mm -hmm. So some of the platforms and the engagement pieces, um, having students, you know, work in small groups and, and breakouts and um, bringing that technology piece integration has really been a powerful tool. Um, the things mm -hmm. that students can do and the things that staff are now doing and learning how to do, um, we'll never be able to go backwards from there. We can only go forward. So I think that has been a huge positive um, in a lot of places. Mm -hmm. And and it's uh, going with the flexible theme too. It's not all perfect, obviously. We're, we're seeing what things work and what things don't work. But I think you're absolutely right. We've really thrown ourselves into the future um, that may have taken five to ten years to get to this point. It's just kind of overnight we needed to needed to adapt to it. Definitely. Mm -hmm. All right, Dom, I want to ask you a question. Okay. You stepped into the language coach at a unique educational time. We kind of alluded to this a little earlier. Right. So what, what challenges have you faced uh, in this time of COVID stepping into this new position? And what are some ways that you've got creative to overcome those challenges? Well, you definitely said it. It's a unique time for sure to be starting a new role. Um, but I do have to say uh, I've expanded, you know, my, my professional network and I've been collaborating online with a lot of other EL teachers and coaches across the country and the globe. Um, our role as language coach uh, is kind of a rare one. So when I make connections with others, coaches in the same arena, uh, it's I'm, I'm hanging on and I'm really building that relationship to be a strong one. Um, one of my main collaborators is actually a teacher in Vietnam, so he's been you know, wonderful to work with. Wow. Um, yeah, it's amazing. The EL community, I mean, it's always been so kind and, and always willing to jump in and share. Um, I always take ideas that I see, run with it, personalize it to what our teachers need in this district. Um, and then, you know, I always just kind of start each day with the notion that our students can, and they can do a lot. Um, I know firsthand from when I was in the classroom last year working with first grade, our students, even our youngest learners, are fully capable to meet any of the challenges that we're seeing today, um, and most times are just so excited to engage online. Um, a funny story. Uh, the other day, our amazing second grade bilingual teacher, Miss Macropolis, she in, she invited me, air quotes for all of you who can't see, <laughs> into her whole group instruction time on Google Meets. And the students spent the entire time just sharing and speaking so proudly about their creations. Um, it was truly evident to me that they were really enjoying their time uh, and they've already bonded with their teacher. It was just so amazing to see. So so our students can do it, and it's just really great to be a part of this experience. So looking forward, we have one week of school in the books, which for many of us may feel like a little bit more than one week. <laughs> a year? 
Um, but looking forward, what excites both of you about where you think the district is headed? I've got to say, hands down, for me personally, I am so excited about our dual language program. Um, I, I am so excited to be a part of that rollout in the years to come. I think we're on the verge of a really important time in our community. Um, also, just seeing what the students create and curate throughout this time. I mean, teachers have the option of sharing it with their students so that they, that they can see it for the rest of their educational career. Like, how cool is that to be able to go back and say, look what I did in second grade during this monumentous time. Um, and so it's almost like a digital yearbook for them, which is so cool. Um, and honestly, the connections that we make with our community, since our instruction is all in the home, is is so valuable and just, it's going to be a wonderful thing to look back on and know that we were all in this together and doing it all for our students. I would say, similar to what Dom has said, but um, I think one of the most important things is that community building to making sure that we continue to communicate and um, celebrate all the great things happening because uh, we are one Elmwood Park. Um, we may be four schools, but we encompass one. Um, I think it's important to really highlight the successes of the staff and students and their work with digital technology and what that looks like and how their classrooms look. I mean, who thought that in 2020 we would be sitting here looking at digital classrooms or digital student lockers? Mm. Right. Um, that's come so far, you know. That's how you learn about each other, and the relationship building is important. I am really secretly, though, very excited when school gets back in person that I can go visit <laughs> classrooms with students because uh -huh. I miss that a lot. Um, so I hope that people invite me so I could do it digitally. But um, that interaction and those pieces are priceless, and they're going to get that whether they're remote or in person. But um, those are things I look forward to. So I want to thank both of you for being our guests today. To our listeners, thanks for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed your time. Stay healthy, be good citizens, and make good choices. Again, I'm your host, Aaron Sulmer, and this has been Parkside Chat. Until next time.